Welcome to Hey Rabbi, What's Up With That? I'm your co-host, Amanda Krotke. And I'm Rabbi Eli Yogev of Beth Tefilla Congregation. This podcast is sponsored by Beth Tefilla, celebrating the joy of Judaism, embracing all Jews. Hey, Rabbi. Hey, Amanda. What is up with death? What's up with death? We, we got into this a little bit in our last episode about um, sort of hell, heaven, hell, yeah. afterlife. So I, I actually, um, I like to talk about death. Yes, I like you do. to be around death. I don't know. It's <laughs> kind of dark. It's kind of your big thing. It's I my know. shtick. Everyone's got a shtick. Yours <laughs> is death. It's one of my shticks. Yeah. <laughs> that, the afterlife. Like, I like, I mean, I weirdly like funerals in the sense that, like, I like to be there for families at that time. I feel like it's a very powerful moment. I don't know. It's like. It might be why you're in the line of work you're in, maybe. Possibly. I mean, I don't some rabbis funerals. don't. Yeah. No. Yeah, some rabbis don't like that. I don't know. I just like I, fa- death fascinates me. The afterlife fascinates me. I don't know. I think about it a lot. All right. So, well, tell us yeah. what you're thinking. Let's get into this. Okay. So let's. Uh, okay. A lot of people are confused about the concepts of heaven and hell for Jews. Okay. So let's so get a, that out there. Okay. So there's a misconception out there, and I'm going to say it's a misconception, although some people will say it's not, but that there's no such thing as heaven and hell in Judaism, and that Judaism doesn't have to say anything on about that. Wrong, because Judaism has something to say on everything. It, that's true, too. We, I know that already. Yeah, good job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's true. So, uh, so, uh, so let's start with hell, because that's okay. way more fun. All right, so hell, one distinction between um, Judaism and Christianity or Catholic uh, theology, classic and classic Catholic theology, is that we don't, um, for the most part, we don't believe in eternal damnation. So Thank th- goodness for me. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm glad. I didn't really want to have eternal damnation thrust upon me. That wouldn't be good. Right, it would no. not be good. No. So that's a... But... But... But there's a but. There is always so a So that there's this the book called Derek Hashem. He says that that's for like exceptions, individuals who are like who've completely removed their like their all remnant of spirituality from themselves. All they've completely disconnected from God. But for the most part, people are doing good things, and it's everyone's like a mix of good and bad. So um, mostly, the, but mostly. So when someone gets to the next world after they die, so there is a stage of cleansing, mm-hmm. and that's usually how. Uh, hell is ex- has been explained to me by my rabbis and by different books that I read. It's a cleansing period where the individual is disconnects from um, the negative things that they were involved in in this world. Now, if this, the more the person is connected to their body in this world and bodily pursuits, the more uncomfortable they'll be in the spiritual world. And that's how some people explain it, where it's like um, when you get up there, it's, a bit, it's, very, it's all spirituality. It's all light. And... And if you're not living a spiritual life in this world, so when you get there, you feel out of place. It's like it's like somebody who, um, I don't know, they 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 lived in a very fancy home, and then all of a sudden they they were thrown into some spiritual uh, like seminar or something like that, or mm-hmm. I don't know, or like or like into the desert, right? And like they're like, what's going on? I'm so unfamiliar with this, and there's a lot of discomfort. And also, the it says the soul is very connected to the body. So if you're like a super materialistic or superficial person, your soul's probably not real happy. Yeah, I mean, not everybody has the. I believe not everybody has the capacity, like, to be a, a super pious. But everyone to do their best. You do your best, and you live your you live yourself, your real spiritual, your real your mission, and your your level of spirits that you can attain. And that's what's expected of the individual. And if you do that, then you're living a spiritual life. So someone who doesn't live up to that, then they're going to be not going to feel a place there. It's, and they might su- and they might suffer because it says that Talmud even talks about how like the soul the soul misses the body because it was so used to being in it. 
Right. They there got was, they got a connection there. Exactly. It's a fit. It's a, it was there was a certain connection. There. <laughs> <laughs> so so what's the um the like time frame? Like yeah. how long does this go on for? So it says that the worst case it lasts a year. Yeah. And I mean It's like purgatory sort of. It is. Yeah. That's the idea. Okay. Yeah. It's a con- it's but purgatory, you could just be assigned to purgatory, right, and stay there, or do you a- ever actually get to get out? I don't even know. I read that it's not a permanent thing. Uh, okay. Maybe I'm. Maybe okay. I'm, I don't it's I'm like a holding. Well. It's a holding room for yeah. either or. Now it's not a pleasant thing, obviously. I no. mean, we don't know exactly what it is exactly, but um, but we that's why we say kaddish. A parent, a child will say kaddish for eleven months for their parent, not twelve months. Why? Why? Eleven months is to help elevate the soul that might need some cleanse. It might be it needs to still be in that that state, but want to elevate it through the kaddish. Now we don't want to say that we want to uh, say that they're there for sure for a year, because then we'd be admitting they're a completely <laughs> evil person. Right. <laughs> so right. we only do it for eleven months. That's actually the real reason. That's a great reason. Yeah. And uh, so just to clarify, Kaddish is the Kaddish is the is the prayer uh, that's said and it's in Aramaic and it's said um, in memory of our loved one. It's a way of sanctifying God's name through the through the prayer, but it's kind of a way to elevate the soul or to commemorate the soul through that prayer. And someone who's in mourning, they'll say that for the full eleven months for their parent, maybe thirty days for a lo- for a uh, one that's very close to them, a, lo- a close relative that they, a loved one. Okay, so what's the situation with heaven? So, so heaven is it's on the flip side of that. So the individual who has lived a spiritual life, they'll feel very comfortable there, and and the, and there's different types of levels there. It says in tradition, so you can watch the Lakers game from your home, uh-huh. or you can have box box seats. So oh. heaven's depends. like the box seats. No, it, no, the levels. There's court side. There's Cor- you can oh, be a, there's all those options. Yeah, exactly. Oh. And so the more a person invests in this uh-huh. world, they say that the more more they'll enjoy the next world. <laughs> and so all right. uh, but do we I mean do we actually call it heaven? We, we call it uh, we call it Olama Ba or Olama Neshamot, the soul the world of souls or the, the world to that. come. Um heaven's a, we can call it that. It's an English okay. word, but the, the words for uh, words are you know, originally in Hebrew, so all right. So we have we have seem to have a ton of traditions around the actual death. Um so what are some of the things we do with like at the point of death, someone has died. Now we we do all kinds of things. Yes. So what are some of those? So one more point I want to add before I forget yes. um, about heaven. So when there is a statement like this in the Talmud that when the individual gets up to heaven, they're asked questions. Oh. Yes, yeah, so there is something like that. Like yeah, a, yeah. A judgment right. moment, and I've saw people say that you get shown your life. Ugh. So, yeah. That's, so, I don't need to see that. So that's show. how some people explain like movies. the shame, Ugh. the shame of that. Yeah, that would be horrible. Yeah. I'd go straight back down. But, but the good thing is, there's always the, every moment in this world, there's opportunity to change. And Judaism is very optimistic in that sense. So like, it's not too late. Been, no, it's never too late until <laughs> the last moment. I'm not speaking to you. Were so I'm looking at you very. That. You're like you still have hope, Amanda. <laughs> I, I was I looking at you. That. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I can change no, right now. <laughs> I get very excited about this because yes, I feel yes. like it's a it's a very powerful idea that like nothing's ever too late. It's never too late. You can always become a better person. Tell me um, before we get yeah. into these traditions. Tell me about when you were working as a clergy person representative. Yeah, so I worked uh, as a chaplain in a hospice unit in my last year of rabbinical school as part of the part of Yeshiva Chovei Torah. They have uh, part of their program. They uh, they encourage or they. They require us to take part uh, to work as in as a as a chaplain in, or in different capacities. So, I worked for a full summer in a hospice unit, mm-hmm. and I had a, a lot of really interesting stories connected to that. 
Uh, and I was around death a lot, so I had to deal with this a lot. I mean, it really made me ask, it really made me focus on what I really believe in terms of the afterlife, if I actually really believe in it too. I had to really, um, I believe in it because Jewish tradition says it's true, but I want to see like what I really thought, if I really deep down connected to it. And okay. so I went through a certain process with that. Um, also, I had some interesting experiences with people. I had this one, um, I, I was working out just not only with Jews, I was working with Jews and right. non-Jews. So um, I, obviously in the framework of Jewish law, but um, I would go and try to pray with them, read things that I could read together with them that works with Judaism too. So I read Psalms with them. Okay. So I went into this room with this one guy this one time and he was, he was like late stages of cancer. He was like really suffering. Like mm-hmm. I was, and his brother, so his brother runs into the off the, my office. I'm, I just get in. It was like really hot. I remember I was like, I was like, put all this ice in a cup. I like <laughs> sat down. I was like, it was really hot. Okay. I walked there. And so I sat in my swivel chair. Like I, I just sat down. I got my ice water. All of a sudden he runs and he goes, uh, the woman, the, like the, the woman there, she, she ran and she goes, rabbi, so in room 21 needs a priest. Oh, well that's not gonna, how are you <laughs> going to help? I was like, I like, <laughs> so I like take a look right at me. I have a, yeah. Like a yarmulke. <laughs> up here. She's like, well, you'll do. So, yeah. Okay. yeah. So okay, we'll I was, yeah, that's all they had. So I went in there and the brother the brother was there who he, he's hardly ever there like and i would go visit this guy but he always put told me the, to leave the the, oh. the patient but this time the brother invited me in okay so the brother wanted me to pray with them together and of course i i like to do that i like to pray with people and help them so i he put out his hand and the brother put out his hand and we're praying mm-hmm. and so a lot of this stuff you have to figure out what you're going to say at the time so i read a psalm by mem- by my memory uh, psalm I'm 23 as I walk through the valley of shadow of oh, death. Oh, yeah, I know that one. Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I read that with <laughs> them. I read another one with them. And I start leaning in. Um, and the brother, the other brother of, of the patient leans into me. And he says, Rabbi, um, could you provide him with absolution? Uh. And so... <laughs> and so he's basically saying, can you forgive pardon of, of his sins? Because that's what he's really you, looking for, the priest. don't get to do that. I, d- I don't get to do that. So that's what did you, how did you get out of this? So I, so the first thing I did was I, I tried to, it's like, he's like leaning in to me. I'm leaning into him and everyone's leaning in. The guy, the uh, patient's like looking at me in. like he really, really wants it. Like he really wants me to pray oh, for him. No. And so I'm like, I think what I should do. It's like, you have to come up on the spot. So I was like, may God grant you a lot of forgiving, forgiveness or forgiving energy. And nice. I was like, okay, that was good. Yeah. And so like, I'm looking down, like I look up and he's still looking at me. He's like, this isn't, that's not enough. Like, the brother. He's like, Rabbi, I, that's what, how I perceived it. And so uh, I was like, what should I do? Like, hey, this is like a really intense one. I've never really been able to connect with this patient before. Uh-oh. And so I think I said something like, uh, after hesitating for a while, I was like, you, you are forgiven. And then I think I said like under, underneath my voice, like when you come close to God, like, I think I added <laughs> another piece there. <laughs> I don't know if they heard me, but like Judaism is really big. Bases. We can't, Jews, rabbis can't give out forgiveness. Oh. We don't, we can't do that. It's really, it's only about taking responsibility yeah. and changing your actions. And it doesn't even mean like if he's in bed and he can't change his actions, he can act in his heart. If he, if he, if he, if he regrets what he did, even in his last moments, that can be incredibly powerful. So, I don't know. You did what you could do. Uh, yeah. Was everyone satisfied? I think they were, yeah, he was satisfied. His brother was satisfied. Um, I hope. Uh, yeah, you did something. Help, yeah. Hopefully you hopefully helped, him, helped on him, his, him on his on his way. So, okay, we have a ton of different traditions yeah. for when you actually die. Yeah. So we can't do autopsies. True. Why? Um, so we're not supposed to. So autopsies, you're not really supposed to tamper with the body. Um, the body is something sacred and. We, we give a lot of respect, not really supposed to tamper with, unless there's some sort of 
dire need. Like um, if we get it murdered. Could be, is it, yeah, in order to save somebody's life in the future, it says that you oh. can. Or if the law requires, um, you can't. Right. Yeah. Like if we get murdered as part of the case, you're going to autopsy yeah. us. Um, but we were supposed to, we're not really, we don't really encourage it. And I saw an interesting source where it says, that it goes back to I talk about the soul is very connected to the body. So there's a source in the Talmud that says the soul uh, is hovering over the body and it's like, it's like can very connected to it. So oh, it, it hurts the soul almost like to see what, if, if we're cut, like we're dismembering. Or and that's, is that the same situation with cremation? Yeah, that's so part no of it cremations, which mm-hmm. kind of bums me out. I actually wanted to be cremated because I want to be scattered across the Rockies because I thought, I thought that'd be nice. That'd get me back home. Um, um, no open caskets. No open caskets. So <coughs> one idea behind that is that you're not supposed to um, see the face and like have it affect your image of them in that state. I agree that, with that. Yeah. I don't need to see anyone once they're in that casket. That's yeah. not fun for me or anyone. Yeah. What about, okay, everyone assumes we have to wear black at a funeral. Um, I happen to always wear black at a funeral. I always wear black at a funeral. Because I wear black every single day. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, kind um, of what my wardrobe's uh, yeah. like. Okay. <laughs> That's why we have a connection. <laughs> That's why we get along so well. But, <laughs> but, but, but it's not a rule? No, it's not, actually. Um, it, you can do it. You can wear, you can wear, you're not supposed to wear extravagant things at the funeral. Maybe that's where it comes from, maybe. But some people like wear really fancy things, and then they'll be... So the idea is to kind of... Um, you're supposed to dress mo- as modestly. It's just appropriate just for so the Just so you're occasion. not noticeable. Maybe yeah. that's why. You're, not supposed to make, you're supposed to try to put all your attention on what's going on there. So. All right, now let's talk about what my mom always called sit and shiver, which is really... Sit and shiva. And what is that all about? And what are the what's associated with that? Yeah, so sitting shiva is um, there's there are different stages. There's seven days, thirty days, a year. We talked about saying the kaddish, the kaddish prayer for a year. But over the first seven days, there are strict laws. You're you're not supposed to um, you're not even supposed to learn Torah because that can bring bring happiness to you. You're supposed oh. to take off your shoes because um, leather is some sort of like kind of like a luxury. Um, so you're supposed to suffer a bit for a week. Well, the idea is like you're supposed to. It's it's these actions enable you to get in touch with what you're really feeling inside, and it's a, it can be very beautiful and powerful and effective. Actually, most of my congregants always say like it's it's a very most of the times always. So a lot of my congregants say that it's very a effective. Big for them. percentage of them. Yeah. So why do you tear your shirt? Um, cause back uh, back in Talmudic times, this is how people express grief. Just rip. Yeah, that they ri- Yeah, yeah, and so we <sighs> do. That, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not like not that. that yet. You didn't see her. Oh, well, you can't see me, but I'm very expressive. Yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, so, but today we do it to kind of, uh, to bring out that inner emotion of grief through through the outer action. But in the d- and back in the day, this was something that people used to do naturally. Okay. And growing your beard is also a sign of mourning, a sign of like you're disheveled. You're, you and are you supposed to do that for a year? Um, no, it's only like the first uh, 30 days oh, okay. for, uh, for a parent. So yeah. someone, so a parent dies, you grow your beard out yeah. for a month day. and yeah. then you can... Yeah, and, and why are the mirrors covered? So uh, there are two explanations. One is that um, that there's one's a mystical one that there's spirits around and they you can see them through the reflection. But another one is is just the idea of again modesty and trying to keep focus on what's really going on. That's really the whole purpose of the the, the rituals to help us focus to the most b- the best we can. We're really busy in life. Having those seven days um, just to take off from everything and really focus on it really is a powerful process uh, and it encourages us and enables us to mourn properly. I understand so much more now about death. One really fast thing, the stones on the yeah. on the tombstones or gravestones, whatever those, the stones, you put stones on top. So uh, circles I've been in, they haven't done that as much. I always see it. I I've know seen that it forever. It, yeah, it, ha- it happens. It's not like, it's not like a strict oh. custom among 
uh, communities I've been in, but people do it. Um, I read that uh, one idea is like it shows you have a permanent connection to the the rocks. They you know they don't disintegrate, so rocks um, show your permanent connection to the soul. And also, uh, I saw one place where it says that uh, it kind of maybe it was from an older custom of like trying to hold down the soul. You don't want uh-huh. it to leave. So that's like an interesting idea. I kind of like that idea. Yeah. Keep it in there. Weigh it down. Yeah. Seal it in there because you know that the term uh, "dead ringer" was mm-hmm. like when they would bury people alive and leave a bell just in case they made the mistakes, so their bells would ring. Okay, we're done. <laughs> um, thank you for listening to Hate Rabbi. What's up with that? Sponsored by Beth Tavella. Join us next time when we talk about the things most Jews do. Yay! Have a great day. <laughs>